Well, today we're going to come to the conclusion of our Don't Stop Now series. It's been such a great joy over these last 10 weeks to study this little Old Testament book of Haggai together as a church family. I've been greatly blessed by what God has been speaking to me through this series and I pray that you have also. And you can go back and listen to previous messages in this series on our website or on our YouTube channel. But today we're going to come to the conclusion of this series and the title of this message is It's Time to Celebrate. And we're actually going to be basing ourselves today in Ezra chapter 6. And we'll be reading from verse 13 to 16 together. This is what it says. Tatanai, governor of the province west of the Euphrates River, and Shetha Bozenai and their colleagues compiled at once with the command of King Darius. So the Jewish elders continued their work and they were greatly encouraged by the preaching of the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, son of Edo. The temple was finally finished as had been commanded by the God of Israel and decreed by Cyrus, Darius and Artaxerxes, the kings of Persia. The temple was completed on March the 12th, during the sixth year of King Darius's reign. The temple of God was then dedicated with great joy by the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites and the rest of the people who had returned from exile. I recently heard a story about a lady called Jean. It's an interesting story. Now, Jean, she was a follower of Jesus. She loved Jesus. She was passionate about Jesus. And she was really involved in church life. She served in a lot of different ministries within the life of the church. And she was dependent upon greatly for these ministries to run and these ministries to continue. She was a great woman of God. However, Jean did have a problem. Jean's problem was that she didn't know how to switch off. She didn't know how to have fun, how to party, how to celebrate. This was Jean's problem. She was a workaholic and and that's all that she loved to do. And the church found out about this when they decided to have a party for Jean on her birthday. Now, every Monday, this team that Jean was a part of, they would have their usual meetings to discuss what was going to happen during the week. But one year, Jean's birthday fell on the day that they were to have their meeting. And so the team thought, right, let's throw Jean a party. So they put on a buffet for her. It was an incredible buffet and churches always do great buffets. And they got some balloons, they got banners up, they decorated the church and they thought, right, we're going to honour Jean, we're going to celebrate Jean. It's her birthday. Forget about the meeting today. Let's celebrate her. So Jean, she arrives to the church thinking that it's just going to be another day that she's just going to go through the meeting again. And she was excited for that. However, when she gets to church and sees that all these people are ready to celebrate her, she doesn't know what to do. Jean freezes and eventually then she goes, she pulls up a chair, she sits down on the chair and she pulls out her notebook ready for the meeting. Now the church volunteers are thinking, what, what's going on with Jean? Is she okay? Is she feeling all right? You know, we put all this on, we're ready to celebrate Jean. But Jean was really awkward and she found this really difficult. So the leader of the ministry and the meeting, he, he goes up to Jean and says, look, Jean, is, is everything okay? You know, we, we put all this on for you. We want to celebrate. It's your birthday today. But then Jean says these interesting words to the leader. She says, do I have to be here? Are we going to have the meeting or can I go home? Well, as you can imagine, the leader looked shocked at, shock at her thinking, you know, okay, we've gone through all this effort, but okay. So he says to Jean, look, we're, we're not going to hold you a hostage here. You know, if you'd like to go home, then you go, can go home. So Jean, she closes her notebook, puts it in her bag, gets up and leaves the church. At that, all the volunteers are looking around thinking, what is happening here? You know, we've done all this for Jean. 
but Jean doesn't want to party. You know, I'm sure many of us who are watching this today, we know people exactly like Jean. We know people who find it difficult to celebrate, difficult to enjoy themselves, to switch off from all that they do. I'm sure each and every one of us, even inside of us, we, we have a little bit of Gene inside of us. We, there's times when we don't like to party. There's times where we're just so focused and we want to get things done. And especially within church life as Christians, we find this hard, don't we, if we're being honest? It's hard to celebrate. You know, as a Christian and in church, we've got to be deadly serious. You know, we've got to be formal. We've got to go through things the way that we always do things. And, you know, there's no time for fun. You know, it's always almost negative. Celebrating is almost has this negative connotation within church life. Christianity is serious. We don't have fun at all. And, you know, when we say, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength, people say, yes, I do have joy, but it's deep, deep down. You know, people don't understand. And as followers of Jesus, we feel guilty if we can have a little fun. You know, it's it's hard, isn't it? We we really take time to celebrate. And there are other people who, who are Christians as well who'd like to celebrate. But because of the difficulties and the struggles that they face in this world, they just don't feel like it. They feel battered and, and bruised by all the hardships that they face, the tra tragedies that they face. And each and every one of us can feel like that. You know, we, we don't often feel like we, we want to celebrate in life, especially as followers of Jesus. So is it possible? Are we allowed to celebrate this as people of God? Are we allowed to have joy? Are we allowed to have fun? And are we allowed to in the house of God? And are we allowed to have that? Well, as we see here in, as we come to the end of, of this, this series together, as we looked at this group of people who came back out of exile and were rebuilding the temple of God, we see here in the book of Ezra that, that they teach us, this group of people here, they teach us a new way of life. That following Jesus doesn't have to be boring, it doesn't have to be religious, it doesn't have to be serious. That we can know joy, we can know life, we can know freedom, we can celebrate. That's what God calls us to do as well. I'll read it again, Ezra 6 verse 13 to 15. Tatanai, governor of the province west of the Euphrates River, and Shethar, Bozanai, and their colleagues compiled at once with the command of King Darius. So the Jewish elders continued their work, and they were greatly encouraged by the preaching of the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, son of Edo. The temple was finally finished as being commanded by the God of Israel and decreed by Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, the king of Persia. The temple was completed on March the 12th, during the sixth year, of King Darius's reign. We see here that finally, after restarting work, after 15 years of the work of rebuilding the temple had come to a standstill, the people of God were encouraged by Haggai and also Zechariah as well to get back to work, not to stop now, to finish the temple of God. And they faced great opposition. But now we fast forward to five years after our last message in the book of Haggai, when God encouraged Zerubbabel and his people to keep going on the temple. And we see here that the people finally finished rebuilding the temple. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. God raised these people up and they finally finished what they started. And they listened to the command of, of God. Obviously, he was the one who called them to do it, to build this place of worship where the people could come to worship him, to love him, to honor him, where his presence would dwell. And also the kings of the land allowed this to happen. And what a day that must have been as they, as they came together and the temple was finally finished. And so how do the people of God respond to this? How would you respond if you see now a church building being rebuilt after many, many years after it being destroyed? How would you feel in that moment? Well, 
we see here in Ezra 6 verse 16 how the people responded. The temple of God was then dedicated with great joy by the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the people who would return from exile. How did the people respond? Well, they responded with joy. They were celebrating. Of course, they were going to celebrate. Of course, they were going to party. The place of worship was finally built. They could come and worship their God. And joy was the characteristic of this celebration. And after they were celebrating, they decided to, to offer sacrifices to God in, in honoring God and thanking God for his faithfulness, for his goodness towards them. And, you know, when Solomon, when he dedicated and offered sacrifices to the Lord many years before, when he had built the first temple here, we see that he offered thousands, hundreds and thousands of, of sacrifices and they couldn't even be counted and off peace offerings. There was over 142,000 peace offerings that he offered and shared with the people. Now, this group of people here, they didn't have that sort of wealth. They didn't have all those sacrifices. In fact, they only offered 712 sacrifices to the Lord. But you know, the Lord accepted them. God didn't care how many there was. They just wanted to offer a sacrifice of praise towards the Lord. And, you know, the most important offering of all was that they offered 12 male goats as a sin offering, one for each tribe. And they wanted to give thanks to God and they wanted God to forgive them for the sins and the wrong they, they had done. They were recommitting their life to the Lord. They, they wanted a fresh start with the Lord. It was a new beginning. That's why they did it. And it was a fresh start. It was an exciting time for the people of God. And we see here that this Jewish remnant, they didn't, they didn't cry and they weren't mourning and grumbling because they didn't have as many sacrifices as Solomon. They were just grateful that the temple was built and it was a great day of celebration. And you know, that's the same attitude that you and I should have. We shouldn't compare what we don't have with previous generations or with other people, but we should thank God for what he has given us. We should be a people of faith celebrating and giving God our best, what we have in our hand. God will honor that. God blesses that. And these people here, they were celebrating and they were partying even for a number of weeks following on from the dedication of the temple. We read that in verse 19 to 22 of Ezra 6. It says this, on April the 21st, the returned exiles celebrated Passover. The priests and the Levites had purified themselves and were ceremonially clean. So they slaughtered the Passover lamb for all the returned exiles, for their fellow priests and for themselves. The Passover meal was eaten by the people of Israel who had returned from exile and by the others in the land who had turned from their corrupt practices to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. Then they celebrated the festival of unleavened bread for seven days. There was great joy throughout the land because the Lord had caused the king of Assyria to be favorable to them so that he helped them to rebuild the temple of God, the God of Israel. We see here the celebrations continue for many weeks after. We see the Jewish people here, they gathered with their families and also the others who had settled in the land and who had got their lives right with God and they came together to celebrate Passover how God had been faithful to them, how God had delivered the people in generations gone by, how he delivered them out of slavery in Egypt, how he delivered them out of bondage. And what an appropriate time it was for them to celebrate in this new temple, the place of worship together. This was the, the perfect opportunity. You know, each year the, the Jewish men, they would have been required to make three trips to Jerusalem to, to celebrate the Passover, to celebrate Pentecost and also the Feast of tabernacles but you know during the years of exile these 
Jewish people, these Jewish men, they weren't able to do it, obviously. They were taken into a foreign land and their home city, Jerusalem, the Holy Land was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. And I'm sure they were longing for that day just to go and offer sacrifices, to thank God for his faithfulness, his protection, his deliverance within their lives. And now that day had come. In this new temple, they could finally come together as one family to give thanks to God and offer God his praises and, and worship him. And it's incredible, as I've said, they, they also included other people who had come into the land who had recommitted their life to God. And, you know, that shows us even in the Old Testament that, that our God is for all people. The Christianity isn't just for a select group of people. But God welcomes all of humanity. He's come for all of humanity. He's come to save the, uh, the lost and seek the lost. That's what he's come for. For you and me, doesn't matter what our background, he welcomes us all. Christianity isn't a holier-than-thou little religious club or fellowship. It's for all people. And we as a church, we'd love to welcome you no matter what your background, no matter where you're from. We want to welcome you. And that's what the people of God did here. They dedicated this temple to the Lord. They celebrated. They give thanks to God for his goodness and what an incredible day and no wonder they were celebrating with joy they were celebrating not only because of the the fact that they finished the temple but they were celebrating God's faithfulness for God's goodness you know when we think back to the story of Haggai and how God had been so faithful to them no wonder they celebrated God had brought them out of captivity he had moved on the heart of an unbelieving king to allow these people to go back to their homeland and rebuild their lives. God had been faithful to his word. God had provided all the materials that they needed to rebuild the temple. Even when they turned their back on God, God hadn't turned his back on them. And, and God was faithful to them. And even when they were building their own lives, God was encouraging them to get back to building their lives for God and rebuilding the temple. God was still for his people. God forgave his people. God revived his people. God united his people. God encouraged them when they faced opposition, when they got distracted and discouraged. God helped them to rebuild their lives in a way that would honor him. God gave them a promise that they got a glorious future ahead of them. And now finally, God completed what he started. The temple was finally rebuilt. No wonder this group of people celebrated. No wonder Haggai, Zechariah, Zerubbabel, Jeshua and the whole people began to worship the Lord and give thanks to the Lord. I love what it says, verse 22, that they celebrated the festival of unleavened bread for seven days. There was great joy throughout the land because the Lord had caused the king of Assyria to be favorable to them so that he helped them to rebuild the temple of God, the God of Israel. No wonder the people celebrated and you know, as we come to a conclusion today, you know, you and I, we have more than 10,000 reasons to celebrate, 10,000 reasons to be filled with joy today. We've got more than that because of our God and what our God has done for us. You know, this series, this book of Haggai teaches us that despite hardship, despite difficulty, despite pain, we can still celebrate and we can still rejoice. This book teaches us that the God of Haggai is also our God. He is a faithful God and what he's done for his people in the past, he can do for you and me as well. The book of Haggai encourages us that God has a hope and a future for us, that God is with us, that God is faithful towards us, that God picks us up when we fall and when we mess up, that God can revive us, that God can unite us, that God can use us to accomplish his mission and that God wants to use us in his mission. We can rejoice because he is our God as well. We can rejoice today because of all that Jesus has done. 
Jesus has made this way possible. It's not because of what we have done. It's all because of Jesus. Through his death, through his resurrection, we have life, eternal life. We can know our God right here and right now, but we can also have the hope of eternity with him as well. The Bible tells us, no wonder we've got a reason to rejoice, that we're a forgiven people, we're a redeemed people, we're a chosen people, we're a loved people, we're accepted, we're called, we're not alone. We have a hope and a future. And just as God rejoices over us with gladness, so we can delight in his presence and rejoice in our God. And I want to encourage us as a church, church isn't meant to be endured, but it's to be enjoyed. We can enjoy being in God's presence. We can celebrate. We can be, give thanks. Just like the song that Phil Wickham has recently released, there is joy in the house of the Lord. And that's what I pray, that each and every one of us would know the joy of the Lord, that it would be our strength, that we would rejoice in our God for all that he has done for us. And so I want to encourage us as we come to an end of this series, don't stop now. God's going to do great things in your life. God's got great plans for our church. And I want to encourage you, don't let the enemy stop you. Don't let the enemy hinder you. Don't let difficulties or hardship hinder you. God is faithful. What God starts, he will complete. God is the author and the finisher of our salvation and our faith. And what God has begun in you, he will finish as well. Keep going. Keep pressing on. Keep looking to Jesus. Keep trusting him. Keep sharing about him and keep worshiping him. Keep celebrating Jesus. And no matter what the circumstances, be encouraged today that our God is faithful. So I pray that God has blessed you through this series. I pray that God has encouraged you through this series. And I'm looking forward as a church to see what God is going to do. He's promised us that it's going to be an even more glorious future for us as a church. We're not stopping now. Despite all this happening in our world, we're not going to stop. We're going to step into all that God has for us. And I just want to end this series by reading two passages of scripture for us. They're, they're two New Testament passages of scripture. And I pray they will be an encouragement to you today. Philippians 3 verse 12 to 14 first of all says the apostle Paul says this I don't mean, mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me no dear brothers and sisters I have not achieved it but I focus on this one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And I want to read for you Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. It says this, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I want to encourage you today. Don't stop now. Amen.